Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at dynastyfreaks.com or email dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Hello and greetings from Austin, Texas. Welcome all of you Dynasty Freaks. Admit it, you are addicted to Dynasty. I am too. My name is Justin Christopher and I'm a Dynasty Freak, which means I love drafting and trading and scouting and managing all of my teams 365 days a year. So do you, so let's talk some Dynasty on episode 230. Guess what we get to do? We get to analyze my first rookie draft. So fun, it's rookie draft season. And my first draft started on Friday and ended on Saturday, which is when I'm recording this podcast, fresh off the first rookie draft. Um, Just want to tell you guys about it. I will say before I begin that uh, sometimes podcasts like these, in my opinion, are easier uh, to read than to listen to, just because you're just going to hear a list of players that were taken and some of my comments along the way. So I uh, won't be offended at all if you actually just go straight to the website. I did a write-up of this draft so you can read it if that's easier for you in this type of format. But want to kind of walk through each of the four rounds of this draft, tell you how the players fell, give you a sense about ADP and what other managers are thinking uh, as this fun time of season starts. So if you've not had your draft, you can see how other dynasty managers and real leagues are uh, thinking about players as they draft them. So let me begin. Uh, this league, for context, is hosted by Sleeper. It's called Finish the Fight, as the name of the league. Uh, actually, one of my followers to the podcast uh, invited me to take over a solid orphan team in this league. And I took that team last year, my first year in the league, took it to the Super Bowl, but got smashed in the championship game, uh, giving me the number 10 pick overall because it's a 10-team league. Uh, before the season started, uh, I was, uh, traded away my third-round pick for Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Uh, thinking he might have a chance there in KC, but that didn't work out, so I later actually dropped him from my roster. Um, and then at the trade deadline, I traded away my second-round pick for Deontay Foreman at the end of last season when he was running hot to try to help me get into a playoff run, and it did help me get to the Super Bowl, but it didn't help me get over the top. Um, context two, I started this draft, so then with only my first and my fourth-round pick, my only weakness uh, was at running back, and so I was prepared to take the best player available, but I hoped in the first round especially the running back would fall to me which he did. We'll talk about in a minute. One more thing for context. It's a 10-team league, and in this week, in this league, we start 10 players with no defense and kicker, so it's one quarterback, it's a PPR, and it's a tight end premium with three flex spots and three taxi squad spots. So let's jump in. Here's how the draft started up. Uh, pick number one, Bijan Robinson. Two, Jamar Gibbs. Three, Quentin Johnston. Four, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Five, Jordan Addison. Six, Zay Flowers. 7, Kendra Miller, 8, Jonathan Mingo, 9, my pick, Zach Charbonnet, 10, Anthony Richardson. Again, Robinson, Gibbs, Johnston, and Jigba, uh, Addison, Flowers, Kendra Miller, Mingo, Charbonnet, and Richardson. So this draft was pretty chalk in the first round for those four six players, the first six players, I should say. I think in almost all quarter, one quarterback leagues, those players are all going to go, those top six. That's where I see there's a tear break. And it might be a little shake-up in the order. You know, Quentin Johnson going third. I don't know if we'll see that. Usually JSN's going to go there. But uh, the, all those first six picks are pretty pretty chalk with Robinson, Gibbs, Johnston, and Jigba, Addison, and Flowers. Um, so pretty exciting. But then things get really different. Um, given my need at running back, I was pleased to have Charbonnet fall. Um, he's my third-ranked running back, and I was able to get him at pick number nine. I was very surprised to see Kendra Miller and Jonathan Mingo selected ahead of him. I moved Charbonnet up in my rookie rankings after hearing more analytics this week about Kenneth Walker's inefficiencies in the running running back last year. Uh, J.J. Zacharyson talked about how he just made almost all his fantasy points on big plays, but was very inconsistent on many of the little things which running backs are asked to do. 
which could be one of the reasons why the Seahawks, if you believe it, analytics drafted a running back to compete with him. I was prepared to take a chance on A-Chain if he fell, uh, but I was very surprised that it was actually Charbonnet who fell uh, to me. I was very happy to get him in, the, in, that, in that spot right there. Again, Miller and Mingo going in the first round, quite a surprise. Just for fun, too, there's also a significant trade that took place in this first round. One manager moved back from 1.4 to 1.8, and, and he received two second-round picks to do so and gave up two third-round. So he got 1.8 and two second-round picks. The other guy got 1.4 and two third-round picks. And so he moved up to take uh, Smith and Jigba, um, and the one who moved back to take Mingo ended up, after a couple other, couple other trades, getting Mingo and those two second-round picks turned into Devin A. Chain and Roshan Johnson. Interesting. So, second round went like this. Uh, pick 11, Devin Achaim, uh, 12, Dalton Kincaid, 13, Tank Bigsby, 14, Josh Downs, 15, Rashi Rice, 16, Michael Mayer, 17, Sam Laporta, 18, CJ Stroud, 19, Bryce Young, 20, Roshan Johnson. Second round here. Achaim, Kincaid, Bigsby, Downs, Rice, Mayer, Laporta, Stroud, Young, and Johnston. And then one little caveat to this league uh, to keep teams competitive in the playoffs in the, in the consolation round, whoever wins the consolation bracket actually gets the the last another extra bonus pick at the end of the second round. So, after pick twenty, there's you might call it pick number twenty point one. Chase Brown was selected. So, pretty wild. A couple comments about this uh, round of the draft. Uh, even in a ten team league, I was surprised to see how far Stroud and Young fell. Uh, I think they're going to get selected higher in, in a lot of my other ten team leagues. Uh, these managers were just very patient with quarterbacks or they like the starters that they have ahead of them on their rosters. Again, it was only Richardson who went in the first round, and I think it's going to be pretty consistent. People are going to take a bet on his upside, and he went at pick number 10. These other guys fell to pick 18 and 19. Uh, that's not the order I have him in if you've been listening to me. I'm not going to take that chance on Richardson, but already in the draft that I'm in right now, he was the first quarterback drafted, and he was in this draft that's now complete. Second thing I'll say about this is I was surprised to see that no tight end was selected in the first round of this draft. I think that's not going to happen very often. As I mentioned above, I was prepared to take 1.9 of you know because of my running back need, uh, pretty solid at tight end with Mark Andrews and Evan Ingram and, and Dulcich on my roster. Uh, 1.9, I was really going to try to run back. Thought it would be Charbonneau or A-Chain. In leagues where I'm weaker at tight end, I'm willing to take a tight end at number nine um, for sure. So I was real surprised again that Mingo and Miller went ahead of him. Um, but I was not surprised to see the three three tight ends get drafted in the, in the top 17, even though none went in the first round. You guys know my, me if you've been listening. I like Mayer as my top tight end in the class ahead of Kincaid, but I think most people are going to pick Kincaid ahead of Mayer, given draft capital, I guess they're going to say. But still, Mayer should not fall as far as 16 in, in, in a tight end premium league at that, and a league that has three taxi spots where you can actually wait on tight ends to develop more slowly. Um, not surprised that they all went in the second round. Very surprised that at least one of them didn't go in the first round. But here we had kind of a run of tight ends with Mayer, uh, Kincaid at 12, Mayer at 16, Sam Laporta at 17. You know, a host of tight ends that are going to go in the next round, you'll see. Finally, I mentioned a couple more things on, on these second round ones. Rashi Rice's draft capital, you know, and landing spot have rightly moved up since he was drafted by Kansas City at the end of the second round. Um, I see that, but I don't think that I would be willing to draft him as early as he was drafted here at pick number 15. You know, 12-team league, that's early second round. We're up, we're up wanting him more at the late end of the second round. Too many too many receivers there at KC, but everyone gets a little too excited, I think, about uh, the pairing with Mahomes. And then Roshan Johnson, uh, very surprised that he went in the second round. I don't think that's going to happen too often, especially in a 10-team league, pick number 20. You know, that's that's in a 12-team in a league. That's, you know, mid-second round. 
I see him more as a third round guy that I would have taken a stab at later than that. So pretty surprised. Third round, moving on. We've got Jalen Reed at 21, 22, Marvin Mims, 23, Luke Musgrave, 24, Tajay Spears, 25, Israel Abanikanda, 26, Zach Evans, 27, Zach uh, T- uh, Tucker Craft, 28, Jalen Hyatt, 29, Luke Shoemaker, 30, Cedric Tillman. So Reed, Mims, Musgrave, Spears, Abanikanda, Evans, Craft, Hyatt, Shoemaker, and Tillman. A couple comments on this third round. Um, as I mentioned already, I do think this, uh, there were several players in this round that should have got ahead of someone like Roshan Johnson and even Chase Brown with that bonus pick. Uh, that would be Jalen Reed and Marvin Mims, the first two picks of this round. Those were very, very good picks. I have them second round draft capital, and they were second round draft capital in the NFL, but they fell here to the third round. And uh, both have you know really good chances to become great receivers. Reed's got a more open you know depth chart with so many young wide receivers there that he could compete with. Mims has a lot of proven veterans ahead of him, but he, you know, the Broncos traded up to get him at this spot. So I'm very surprised that these guys fell to the third round. As for the other Green Bay pass catchers that were drafted, pretty wild that three of them were drafted in this round. Musgrave at 23 and Tucker Craft at 27. Um, I'm just going to stay away from these guys this year, I think. I think that they were drafted by Green Bay, you know, to one round apart from each other. And here they were drafted four picks apart from each other in a rookie draft. Green Bay's just so loaded right now at first and second year pass catchers, and they have a first year, you know, first time starting quarterback. I get why managers are willing to take a stab on both, you know, of these new tight ends, but there's a little bit too much unknown for me, and so I think this year I'm not just not going to invest a pick in either of those guys. Um, would love to see how it pans out. Again, we do have taxi squad spots here, so it makes a little bit of sense, but I don't know. Didn't work out so well when you know Baltimore drafts two tight ends and Mark Andrews is way better than Hurst. You know, something like that could happen here. I just don't know which one's the best. There were a lot of running backs that were taken here, so I mentioned a couple comments there. I like Spears and Abandoned Cannon picks. They fell to a pretty appropriate place. Um, both of them could ascend to the RB2 spots on their teams and get you know worked into the offense by midseason. Uh, they could become fantasy relevant if that was the case. They certainly become fantasy relevant if they work up to the RB2 spot and the starters ahead of them get injured. Even with his knee injury, Spears could get drafted, should get drafted ahead of Abanikanda, as he did here, because we all know that Derrick Henry is not going to last too much longer in this league, so he's got a better chance to work into a starting position, whereas um, Abanikanda is a little bit riskier because we know he's going to have Brees Hall, the clear you know future starter for the Jets for a long time to come. As for Zach Evans, though, I currently have him ranked number 47 in my rookie rankings, and so he went 21 spots higher than I would have drafted him. That's crazy. Uh, clearly, some managers you know like him more than I do. Uh, I knew that they would, but I wouldn't think that much more. 21 spot difference. Um, he's just a six round pick, um, so there's, he was the highest draft. He was the highest uh, had the highest draft capital of anyone drafted in this entire draft, except for Sean Tucker, who I drafted as UDFA in the next round. You'll hear me speak to that. I understand why. Uh, finally, on these last two, uh, Hyatt went 28 and Tillman went 30. I do understand why you know these college teammates in Tennessee have fallen in rookie drafts since they have a really solid competition ahead of them, pretty crowded receiving rooms on their respective teams. Still, they fell in the draft uh, way longer than I thought they would have at the very end of this, the third round like this. They're players that I'd be drafting much earlier in the third round, definitely ahead of Abanikanda and Evans and the Green Bay tight ends. They should have gone ahead of them, in my opinion. Finally, to the fourth round. It went Michael Wilson, 31, 32, Tank Dell, 33, Keishon Butte, 34, Eric Gray, 35, Evan Hole, 36, Daryl Washington, 37, Sean Tucker, 38, Will Levitz finally goes, 39, Puka Nakua, which was my pick, and Sean Tucker was my pick, I should have said too. And 40 to end the draft was Deuce 
Vaughn. Again, Michael Wilson, Tank Dell, Keishon Butte, Eric Gray, Evan Hole, Daryl Washington, Sean Tucker, Will Levitz, Puka Nakua, Deuce Vaughn. I need to start by saying it's very hard to criticize any pick in the fourth round. Uh, you know, most time players are just managers are just taking their guys, you know. But I would say that the Michael Wilson pick at the start of the fourth round was about as strange as it was when the Cardinals uh, drafted him at 94th overall in the draft. Uh, he was not in my rookie rankings before the NFL draft, and I've actually not even added him, even though he had the kind of draft capital that he did. One manager liked him, though, and just selected the player. Maybe they just pick, I'm going to pick the player with the best draft capital, and that's what they did. Not a bad way to go, but I'm not really interested. I did learn this week that, you know, after he was drafted, not knowing who he was, that he was a highly sought-after recruit. Battled a lot of injuries at Stanford where he only had 134 catches in five years total. So I'm going to take a big hard pass on Wilson. I would have taken Tank Dell and Keishon Butte. They were the next two guys that were on my draft board ahead of Wilson, and they were the next two to go after Wilson. So that's what I would have done. As for all the running backs in this round, you know, people are just taking the guys that have possible upside. Definitely uh, Gray, Hole, and Vaughn have proven studs ahead of them. They're going to have to fight to kind of move into the RB2 role on their teams. If they do, you know, they'll be behind Saquon Barkley, Jonathan Taylor, and Tony Pollard. So no chance to move into the number one spot, but could be great if someone gets injured um, or just, you know, be a solid RB2. Then I drafted Sean Tucker because he's one of my favorite rookies throughout the process, uh, but he was undrafted because of medical issues related to his heart, not related to his play. We'll see how significant those are, but he signed one of the most hefty UDFA signing bonuses with Tampa Bay, a team that doesn't really have totally proven studs ahead of him. He's a player, you know, I was thrilled to get. I think he could move up the depth charts there. Particularly happy to get him in a league where you have a taxi squad. I don't know if I'm going to draft him in leagues that don't have taxi squads, but you can be super, super patient with a guy like that. I'm happy uh, to do so, especially when I only had three draft picks and I've got three you know, three um, taxi squad spots, and Charbonnet is not going to stay on my taxi squad for long. He's going to move up and be one of my uh, roster, rostered guys for sure. As for Will Levitz, uh, he was drafted way later than I expected, in a, in a, even in a 10-team league. Uh, given that we had taxi, taxi squads in this league, too, I was surprised that managers weren't willing to take a draft ahead of him. Um, he could get some starts this season if the Titans struggle, because they need to see what they have in him. And even if Tannehill stays healthy, they really might try to give him some starts, particularly if the team's struggling. As for my other pick, Puka Nakua, I picked him over Tyler Scott, even though I had them back-to-back on my rookie rankings. So I need to make that switch now in my rookie rankings, because when it came to me... Being on the clock, I chose Nakua, just thinking he has a little easier depth chart to overcome than Scott, uh, for sure. And uh, we'll see what happens. What I'm going to do, too, this league uh, has a um, has a uh, waiver period right after the draft. And so Tyler Scott, among a couple other players, are players that I'm going to target um, here on Saturday night as going into Sunday morning where we can pick up other rookies. I've got some guys that I'll drop on my team for sure. Real quickly, just for a little bit about my roster, it's a process I encourage you to do too. You know, take take some time after your rookie draft to kind of analyze your roster. Certainly do it beforehand so you know if you have any needs that you're going to go for. Uh, always good to draft, draft best player available, but sometimes if you have needs, it's good to know before going into your draft. Have some fun with it. Real quick assessment of this team, I'll say this. I still have a top-tier team. Uh, my team is growing a little bit older, uh, so I should maybe hang on to my draft picks better than I did last year, trading away my second and third round pick. Um, but my team is pretty good. My starting lineup is Lamar Jackson, Joe Mixon, Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, Terry McLaurin, Mark Andrews. That's pretty salty. My uh, flex spots would be Juju Smith-Schuster, Zay Jones, and Evan Ingram. Remember, it's a tight end premium league. So I still have one of the top rosters in the league as our starters, I, th- I believe. 
Running backs is definitely my weakness, where I'm the oldest with Dixon and Cook, Mixon and Cook, and I'm surprised not one of them didn't get cut, although that June 1st uh, cut date is still possible for Dalvin Cook. We're going to see what's going to happen there. But I was happy that I got younger. You know, Charbonnet, so happy that he fell to me. He's going to help me a little bit with youth at my running back spot. And then hopefully Sean Tucker can do something as he waits on my taxi squad. In a PPR league, if there's one position I'm willing to be weak at, it's uh, PPR, I should say PPR and tight end premium. If there's one position I'm willing to be weak at, it's certainly uh, the running back position. And I've always carried a host of backup running backs on, you know, fill my roster with that so that I have the guys that are flex-worthy running backs or even starters if an injury goes down. For instance, I have Samaje P. Ryan, Devontae, Deontay Foreman, Jalen Warren, and Jameer White on my squad just in case there are injuries. I can I can fill in those spots, but almost all my flex spots are going to be wide receivers and, and tight ends in a league like this. Given that it's a 10-team league and only four rounds of rookie picks, many rookie picks or many rookies are still available off the waiver wire. Like I said, we get to run fab uh, tonight, and I'm going to plan on making some bids on several players that I like and uh, try to pick them up, dropping guys like Taylor Heineke or Ashton Doolin uh, from my roster and see what happens. So speaking of which, I need to get to that. I need to go ahead and get to it. This is a quick summary of my first rookie draft. Plenty more to come. It's going to be exciting to walk through these with you. I hope it helps you give us a sense of the ADP of managers in real leagues, what they're doing. Pretty fun stuff. Great time of season to be a dynasty freak. That's a wrap for this week, my freaky friends. Thanks so much for listening. Make it a two-way conversation anytime by contacting me at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. I'm much better on email than Twitter. So hit me up, dynastyfreaks with two E's at gmail.com. I'd appreciate your support. If you would rate and review, that would be uh, mean a lot to me as an independent podcaster. That said, thanks for listening. I do appreciate your support. I do want to become your most trusted independent voice in the dynasty landscape. Until next time in draft season, you know what to do. Go out there. Get freaky. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. We welcome your thoughts and advice. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league. Justin prides himself in responding to every email, so hit him up anytime at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com and follow him on Twitter at LonghornJustin. Justin.